0: drive to create things you're a writer a photographer a musician a maker you're ready to make things happen but chasing creative isn't always easy your time and energy go to your work your family
1: and your life is it really possible to make space for the creative in your everyday life
0: here at the chasing creative podcast we believe you can we're everyday creatives who have insights and action steps you can take today to make your creative plans happen I'm Ashley Brooks, a freelance writer and editor at Brooks Editorial and
1: a work-at-home mom of three who would love to devote more time to creative writing and journaling.
0: And I'm Abigail Krebs, the writer and photographer behind Inkwells and Images. I'm also a work-at-home mom of one, learning to balance work and home and trying to find a little bit of time to work on something just for fun. And you're listening to the Chasing Creative
1: Podcast. We are here together in the same room recording a podcast episode and it's only our third time meeting in person and we are pretty excited that the occasion
0: is for a very intentional creative retreat weekend. Yeah this has been something we have talked about for a long time. Um, maybe since twenty. 20- Fifteen when we started the podcast, yeah. 2016, mm-hmm. <laughs> but with kids and work and life, it really took a while for us to make it happen, and now that it has, we're sharing how we planned our retreat and how it is going. We're about to leave our B&B here, um, so the tr- retreat is mostly behind us.
1: Yeah, so we thought we'd do some
0: reflecting on how it
1: went. We first heard about creative retreats from one of our podcast guests, Jenny Moratis. And we will link that episode up in the show notes so you can um, hear more about what she had to say about creative retreats. And we'll also link to her creative retreat workbook to give you some more background on what a creative retreat is. But in general, a creative retreat is whatever you want it to be to work on something creative. So it can be as short and simple as doing some watercoloring on your lunch break, or it can be really extensive and extravagant, like flying to a week-long writing conference with a famous author or
0: something like that. Yeah. And so our retreat, we wanted to keep affordable because that's necessary um, and also really short and sweet but more than just an afternoon together. So, um we literally kind of picked a halfway point on a map, which for Ashley out of Minneapolis and me near Madison, halfway is La Crosse, Wisconsin, right on the river between our two states.
1: Yeah, so we basically just looked on Airbnb for various places we could mm-hmm. stay in the area and found something that looked cozy and affordable and Um, headed on down here, and it has
0: worked out really well, I think, with the location that we chose. It really, really has. Um, We have just a little cabin that sleeps, I mean, it could probably sleep four, but it's got two separate, like, bedroom areas, and it's got a bathroom and a little kitchenette with a stove and a microwave and a fridge, so we were able to bring a lot of our own snacks and food so that we didn't have to spend a lot of time going out to eat and money going out to eat. So we've been able to cook like breakfast and lunch and then we went out to dinner on Saturday night just to kind of get out and um, not be working the whole time and that has worked out really well I think. I think we would do the same again.
1: Yeah and we only had a Friday to a Sunday available because we have to work around childcare and our husband's schedules. So we did not leave until Friday afternoon or evening after our husbands mm-hmm. got off work and came home and took over kid duty. So we both arrived, um, not super late Friday night, mm-hmm. but around 7.30, 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And
0: within minutes of each other, like talking four to five minutes of each other, coming from two separate places along two different traffic routes it was actually pretty impressive. Yes, <laughs> we,
1: and we texted to say that we were leaving like at the same time. So mm-hmm. it worked out perfectly. And... Um, that, so now we have Friday evening until right now it is Sunday morning, soon to cross over into Sunday afternoon when we will get kicked out of this lovely place. <laughs> um, but another great benefit about the place that we chose was that it's a little bit remote, so
0: it's what was it like 15 minutes back into Lacrosse? Um, maybe closer to 2025. Okay, yeah. Um, but it's a it's a cabin in the middle of a valley in the Lacrosse region, which is like just all hills and valleys. It's off of a gravel road. I mean, it's really fairly remote. And part of the reason we chose this rather than something in downtown Lacrosse was so that there weren't any distractions. We don't hear any sirens and there's no like, oh, let's just walk down to the coffee shop and accidentally like waste an hour and a half when we didn't mean to. Um, so we really try to be pretty intentional about where we booked so that we would have less to distract us. Um, and the cabin doesn't even have internet. Um, So as we've been on our laptops we can't even like click over to Instagram and waste time in that manner. We still have great cell reception which neither of us were expecting so we've been able to like check back in on our families or you know hey look up that thing that we wanted to look up that we were just talking about but we haven't been allowed to fall down into the hole of time wasting on the internet which has been really great.
1: Yeah, I think that this all worked out really well. So um, some other things that we did to just sort of prepare for our retreat were we planned um, a little bit about what we wanted to get done here, I think. I mean, a big... A big goal for both of us with this is just giving ourselves time and space away from our households and our kids (laughs) and our husbands to think and process some of the stuff that needs to be thought and processed about in order to be creative. That's kind of missing from a
0: lot of our busy lives at home. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And just being able to get away, and like Ashley and I are both primarily working on novels right now. Those are our big creative projects. And so we both had some fairly specific goals to work on with our novel when we got here. And they were both things that ended up being stuff that you need to be able to sit with for an hour, hour and a half at a time to really think through. And those aren't the kind of chunks of time we get at home. So we're both very used to writing in 15 and 20 minute spurts or 10 minute spurts. But that isn't like the way that you can plot out a difficult like system for an entire novel to sit on. Yes, totally agreed. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: And then another benefit of this that we got out of this was we are very rarely able to talk in person. I mean, it's only the third time we've met in person. Mm -hmm. And then talking on Skype is just different. And so we were able to talk through a lot of stuff just with our lives in general, and maybe even some novel stuff that we were working on that had more clarity because we were working it out with another
0: person Mm -hmm. who knew where we were coming from and we were speaking our thoughts out loud. Yes, and I also came into this retreat trying to think through some decisions that I need to make about my work. And my first creative retreat back in October of 2018 was much the same. Like I had a a specific goal that I went into that retreat with and I wanted to make a decision. And I kind of came into this retreat with the same decision. How to raise prices on what I'm doing, how to scale back on what I'm doing, do I quit what I'm doing for freelance work? And so, talking with Ashley, another work at home mom freelancer, just very candidly about all of this, has really helped me gain some clarity. And it's not, it didn't feel like it's. I'm taking a nap time or an evening away from my family to do it. So it's been really good to just have that back and forth conversation. Yeah.
1: I had some work stuff that I was also working out. Like I'd already made some decisions about it. I'm cutting back on my freelance workload starting in July and like slowly ramping down through the rest of the summer until I am working probably just a fraction of the hours that I am currently working Um, And that's going to free up a lot of time for me for doing more creative work in the future. But sort of planning for that time and working out how that's going to look was important to me on this particular
0: trip, more so than getting a certain word count down. Yes. And like Ashley mentioned while we were here that, you know, as she's added children to her family, like when she added her second child, Reagan, She didn't pare down her workload at all. So she just added more to life. And the same when Conlon arrived last spring. Like, you just keep adding more. So this has been a really intentional decision for you to take a look at what all you're doing and say, I can't keep going at this pace. I need to cut back a little. And that's kind of where I'm sitting, too. The news for Abby is that I'm expecting baby number two. Yay! (laughs) in January of 2020 and so I'm kind of looking ahead to the same reality that Ashley's going through and saying this is probably not a sustainable pace to keep going at what is life like physically going to look like differently once this new baby comes and what am I actually going to be able to accomplish without going crazy
1: (laughs) yes All definitely very good goals to think about while you are pregnant instead of being like me and just going, I'll figure it out and fit things
0: in. And then two years later realize, hey, I'm doing too much stuff. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) definitely. So trying to be somewhat intentional with that and learn from other people who've done this before. Um, So that's been really good to gain clarity. And sometimes too, I think when you are a freelancer or when you do work for yourself or when you are a working mom, sometimes you just need to be able to pull back And get someone else's confirmation, like maybe you even know the right answer for what you are seeking a question or an answer on what question you're seeking an answer to. And sometimes it's just good to hear someone say like, yes, I've thought that way too. And here's what I did. And here's how it worked. And so that was really handy for me. And I hope for Ashley Mm -hmm. too. Yeah, that out loud processing
1: can be really helpful. And it's not always something that introverts seek out in their everyday life or have ready access to, Mm -hmm. like people that they feel comfortable with being that sounding board for them. Yes. So that was really good for both of us. Um, And then I think we both also had some more specific goals related to writing um, and working on our novels. I know I had to work out some issues with one of my characters, my main character. Um, that's, I, that's
0: important. Yes, it is
1: important. I had not—I knew her motivations, and I had a good handle on the plot, but I just did not know her personality very well, and I felt like I needed to write my way into her personality instead of writing my way into the plot and dragging her along with it. So oh, yeah. I did some work around that,
0: and um, I feel
1: like I made some pretty good progress in that area. Good,
0: good. And I remember you said, too, like, I actually made more progress than I thought I was. Going to yes, coming I in, did. so that's I did. such a bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a specific thing that I wanted to do with my novel too. Um, well, actually, two things. It ended up being, I realized a couple of weeks ago while actually chatting on Instagram with Lisa Hensley, um, she'll she'll love this, that I I needed to rewrite my novel from the first person, like the I perspective, to the third person, the she perspective. And I kind of just, Lisa and I were talking about books in some way, shape, or form, and I said something to the effect of, hey, what do you like to read better, first person or third person, and why? And we kind of said that first person usually reminds us of YA, Um which is totally valid I think YA has to be written from the first person because you're very much like in the mind of that character going through the things that that character is going through but I'm not writing a YA I know Ashley is and so she's writing in first person which Uh makes total sense but I've been trying to write in first person on this novel for five or six years now and it's just not working it feels too juvenile um, for what I'm trying to accomplish and so I feel like switching to third person might be able to get me out of my character's head a little bit more and be able to like have her have a bigger perspective, which I think is necessary for someone in their later 20s, early 30s, as opposed to someone who's 16, 17.
1: Yep, I totally agree. So we both had some very practical like I don't know what you even call it, the mechanics of fiction writing that we were working through along with just giving ourselves the headspace and the room to think about the mechanics of writing. (laughs) Yes,
0: (laughs) and be able to devote an hour, hour and a half at a time to really sitting down and like chunking through that. Yep. Yeah. So, and other things that we did on the retreat, um, the only other real goal I think we had was to knit. So Ashley's working on a sweater. I don't Mm -hmm. know when you started it or when you're thinking you're going to finish. Yeah. So I started it for the hundred days
1: project, which I don't know when that started this year. Was that in April? It was April. Okay. So I started in April for the hundred days project. I have the front and the back all knitted up and I am like almost done with my first sleeve. Mm -hmm. So I have been working on that sleeve and I don't know if I'm going to finish the whole sweater before the hundred days is up because that's coming up. Pretty quick here, but um, you know, I'm I'm this far along that I'm not gonna <laughs> stop knitting a sweater just because the hundred days is over. So it got me to where I wanted to be
0: anyway. So I did some work on that. And you were knitting a toddler scarf. I am. I am. So last time we got together, the second time we met in person, Ashley came to my house last October, and we went to see Anne Lamott, which was super fun. And then at a coffee shop the next day, Ashley taught me how to knit, which I've always wanted to learn, but has always looked too intimidating to me. And as soon as Ashley taught me how to like knit my first row, I was like this is not that hard. Why have I never done this before? (laughs) Um, So she taught me how to knit last time and I made one really terrible washcloth. It took me from October to like January to finish it. And so I decided this time, if we're gonna be sitting and gabbing anyway, I should probably learn to knit something else or at least keep up with that skill. So I brought some yarn and Ashley is like coaching me through starting a little toddler scarf for Arthur. It's a bigger project than a washcloth, but still not intimidating and there's no pattern necessary and I don't need to learn anything other than just keep knitting knit stitches.
1: Yep, after we leave here, our goal is to teach you how to change colors exactly. so you can add stripes and <laughs> then um, hopefully you'll yeah. be good to go on your newest knitting project. It's, it's all up from here. Yeah. And
0: optimistically, we're recording this in June and we're going to release it July 1st. So I, I think I could finish a toddler scarf before it's cold enough that Arthur would need one. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Hopefully. Um, So, yeah, so that's what we've been working on creatively. And we both spent a little bit of time reading and journaling, um, just kind of like those are natural parts of our creative rhythms. But just having a little bit more space and uninterrupted space to work on those things was really nice.
1: Yeah, yeah, we stayed up too late. We (laughs) slept in as best we were able to with our mom brains waking us up Mm -hmm. at the same time we normally wake up. We did spend a lot of time talking. We spent some time outside in Mm -hmm. nature and... Um, It's just been really good. So we also wanted to answer some questions that people had about how to plan a creative retreat because it's not necessarily something that you just automatically know how to do. So we put out a call on Instagram for people to send in questions. And we got a few questions
0: and we have a few answers. Yes, we do. So someone wanted to know how we narrowed down what we wanted to work on because their experience when they get time to work on anything is that they have too many goals and they take too much to do and I'm definitely guilty of doing that in all of life Um, but my first creative retreat last October I definitely did that I was like I'm gonna write and figure out this work stuff and journal and you know get better at bible study and all of those kinds of things and like it's it's one of those things where they say you know work relationship family you should pick two kind of thing (laughs) Um, so I think we went back we went into this retreat with much less lofty goals. It was mostly a time to hang out. And we both came with that one work goal and that one like personal writing goal. And that was kind of it, which I feel like was really manageable for less than 48 hours, um, but also gave us like some structure.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think that when you're working on a big project it's important to break it down into smaller goals which Mm -hmm. might seem obvious but also it's kind of tempting to romanticize a creative retreat and think like oh I'm gonna write like a quarter of my first draft Mm -hmm. while I'm holed up in this little cabin and that's probably not gonna happen like I think it's really smart that we gave ourselves time to think and that we even made thinking and processing part of our goal yeah because that is a big part of the creative process So if you don't make space for it, you feel like you're not checking off a box, you're not being productive, or you Mm -hmm. wasted your retreat, and that's really probably not true. So, I mean, maybe pick, like, one tangible goal and one intangible goal, depending on how long you're going to be retreating for. That might be
0: helpful. And maybe even, like, put it through the lens of, if I wasn't leaving my house, if I wasn't, like, going somewhere else, and I still had the same amount of hours, like, four hours, what would I realistically think I could get done then? Yeah. And without, like, the rose-colored glasses of a creative retreat, like, what do you actually think you could get done in that amount of time? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that was um, how to narrow down what you're going to work on. Someone else wanted to know just everything because they wanted to plan a retreat with a friend. So hopefully this whole episode is helpful in doing that. Mm -hmm. And then one other person wanted to know... If we were like, how are we structuring this? If we were working on a creative project together or were we were working side by side on separate creative projects? And our answer is a little bit of both. Like we said, we wanted to, we wanted to talk about the podcast and the future of the podcast and what that's going to look like going forward. And so what we're planning to do is in season six, we'll start releasing episodes in September and continue on our once a month schedule. That's just working really well for both of our busy lives right now. Yep. Um, and we're not totally sure how long we're going to be
1: recording for or how long that season's going to be. We are pretty sure we're going to have at least a few guests. There might be a mixture of guest interviews and just us talking, mm-hmm. but um, either way, you can plan for us to be back in September. So that is a good thing that we hashed out, and then obviously we're recording this episode together, which is a creative thing. Um, yes. Our knitting was kind of a, like, I don't know, a cooperative, collaborative <laughs> yes, thing collaborative thing Mm -hmm. and then when we were writing we were just kind of sitting side by side but still working on stuff in the same room Mm -hmm. and I don't know I feel like when two introverts get together you just understand that like sometimes it will be quiet
0: and that's okay. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And every now and again, one of us would pop up from our like typing haze and be like, hey, have you ever thought about this? Or this is really off topic, but... And like neither of us considered those interruptions either. So we, we we held our creative time very loosely. And I think that's one of the real benefits, I think, of this creative retreat too. After we booked our Airbnb and we had dates in mind, me being the ever planning nerd that I am said let's create some kind of itinerary or schedule so that we're not spending our time sorting out what we're going to do next. Mm. We're not going to spend our time searching for restaurants. We're not going to spend our time being like, oh, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Because we would both do that when we know that about each other, which is really handy. So we just kind of hammered out a really brief outline for we're going to wake up in the morning and we're going to make breakfast and we're going to make this thing for breakfast that we're going to bring groceries with and then we're going to write and then we're going to go for a walk if the weather is nice and we kind of just we didn't put timetables from 9 a.m to 10 a.m we're going to write our novels it was just very loose structure but it was a structure that we knew what we were doing next and we weren't going to spend our precious creative time sorting that out
1: yeah, it worked out really well. And speaking of what we're doing next, um, we both have hopefully like a loose plan on mm-hmm. how to keep the momentum up once we get home because it's kind of tricky when you're in this <laughs> really great environment with no distractions to then go home and re enter your regular life and be like, oh, and now all that creative energy is
0: gone. So, mm-hmm. what
1: are you doing, Abby?
0: I tried to pretty intentionally not schedule a lot of extras for this next week on re-entry so that I could, in the mornings, be able to sit and do a little bit more writing like I would like to. It hasn't happened as much during this first trimester of pregnancy because I'm just exhausted and trying to get all the sleep that I can get. But I was on a really good roll in like March and early April with getting up and writing for half an hour every morning, and I'd love to get back into that. So even just not scheduling doctor's appointments or things like that, that mean that I need to spend the morning getting ready to leave the house, has kind of opened up a little space on my calendar to maybe get up and write, which is going to be great.
1: Yeah, I think that is very smart. And it's kind of the opposite of what my (laughs) life is going to look like when I go home, because I am in the middle of a really, really, really busy month at work. And I know I just said that I'm like ramping down, but before I can ramp down, I need to make it to July. Like I need to finish <laughs> this month with the deadlines and commitments that I have made. So this upcoming week is going to be really, really busy for me as I cram probably way too many work hours into one week. And I am just hopeful that next weekend or the beginning of July whichever whenever that happens to be I do not have a calendar in (laughs) front of me right now but whenever July starts it's my hope that I will have enough wiggle room from starting to ramp down that I can get myself back into that place of like a better long-term creative
0: headspace Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah Mm -hmm. definitely and I also feel like when we get together in person like this it somewhat levels up our friendship, if that makes sense yep, at all. that's true. And I feel like it makes us more comfortable with reaching out to one another and being like, hey, Ashley, have you been working on any of your creative stuff? I know last week was terrible, but how's it going this week? Have you dive back in, mm-hmm. dove back in? How do you say that? <laughs> Either way, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know if that's the same for you, but yeah. I really feel like that in-person connection really makes a difference in moving what I would consider an internet friendship forward.
1: Yes, I would totally agree. And it makes it easier for us to just text each other out of the blue and be like, oh, hey, what's up? And, Mm -hmm. you know, strike up a conversation that way.
0: One other thing we just talked about before we sat down to record was what it's going to look like when we go home. Because we're going to check out of the Airbnb here in about, I don't know, 15 minutes. We need to, like, pack up our cars and leave. We're going to go grab lunch or brunch or something. And then we're going to go home. And we're going to walk into our houses and there will be kids who missed us and husbands who are like, thank goodness you're home and all of those kinds of things. And reentry is tough. And I think any mom will tell you that when they come home from any time away. And so we both kind of decided that on our way home, before we get like home home, we're both gonna stop at a coffee shop or a bookshop or something and like sit and maybe even debrief ourselves personally from the weekend. Like write down what we accomplished, what we're happy to have accomplished and what we, we think we need to do going forward. Either like specifically on our novels or specifically for work, like what are our next action steps we need to take or what are things that maybe we can let go of to make more space for those action steps just take even half an hour, 45 minutes, and really think through what we're doing next.
1: Yes, that is a brilliant strategy, and I am totally on board (laughs) with this. Thank you for telling me about that, because I'm totally doing that. Um, It's a
0: little bit devious, but because we're not telling our families we're doing this, we're just not going to come home at the, we're not going to tell them we're on the way home until we're like actually on our way home. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah. Um,
1: And so one last thing that we wanted to squeeze in really, really, really fast because we are going to get kicked out of here soon is (laughs) we did a book swap. So for mini book club, I think maybe we should just talk very, very briefly about the books that we
0: decided to bring and trade for each other. Yeah, that sounds great. So for Ashley... And this has been, we I mean, we booked this retreat like a month ago, and since that day, I have been looking at my shelves going, oh, what do I take to Ashley? What hasn't she read? What would she like? And so I settled on um, one, two nonfiction, really, and two fiction. One is one of my all-time favorite books, which is Memoirs of a Geisha by Arthur Golden, and I just adore this book. It's about um, feudal Japan and the geishas, and it's just really well-constructed, and the characters are really vivid, and I think Ashley's going to like it, and she's never read the book, or seen the movie, which I feel like is a really great starting point. Yes. Yes. Um, The other fiction book I brought was Celeste Ng's Everything I Never Told You, which if you guys have not had read any of Celeste Ng's novels, you need to do so. I had not until about a month ago, and now I've read all of the novels she's written, and they are well worth staying up late for. So, yes, I'm excited. Very excited (laughs) to read this. And then on the nonfiction side, I brought Glitter and Glue, which is a memoir by Kelly Corrigan, and it really explores Motherhood and daughterhood, and the ways we relate to our mom as we grow up and become moms ourselves. And I think Ashley, having daughters, is gonna really enjoy this, also learn a little bit, and maybe even just make her feel really seen knowing that daughters don't always see our moms the way that we wish they would yes (laughs) and then my final book selection for Ashley was Scratch which is an anthology edited by Manjula Martin and the subtitle for Scratch is Writers, Money, and the Art of Making a Living. It's really a whole bunch of contributing writers like Cheryl Strayed and Austin Kleon and Roxanne Gay all talking about like the actual economic realities of being a working writer in today's world and I found A lot of the essays really eye opening.
1: Yeah, and I've had that one on my to read list for years, and I am
0: so excited. (laughs) That was on top of the pile when you handed it to me. I was like, like, yay! Yeah, so that was really fun to bring those and get her reaction, even just to tell her why I chose those for her.
1: Yeah, that is the fun part of a book swap. So for Abby, I did a similar mix of nonfiction and fiction, and one memoir. So the memoir that I chose was *An American Childhood* by Annie Dillard. Uh, Annie Dillard's work is really excellent writing, but it can be kind of dense, and I think that An American Childhood is a little bit more accessible than some of her other work, and it's, it just details her growing up years, and I think it's like a a really well-written memoir, maybe from before the current burst of memoirs, where Mm -hmm. like everybody's writing one. Um, she would be kind of like a study in like the original memoir writers. Um, so that's a really excellent book that I hope you enjoy. Me too. Um, we had a couple of young adult picks that I thought would be a little bit more fun for either summertime or postpartum reading, or maybe like that third trimester pregnancy when you're just <laughs> done and you don't want to think about anything. So those are Love and Gelato by... Let's see. What is her name? Uh, Jenna Evans Welch, which I just read recently myself and was such a wonderful, adorable book that takes place in Italy and it has some great travel writing. And the other one is Beneath Wandering Stars by Ashley Cowles, I think is how you say her name. Yeah, and I think so. um, That is a little bit less lighthearted. The story centers around um, the main character's brother who has... Uh, been injured in war, and um, she ends up going on this pilgrimage while he is recovering for his injuries, and it is also very, very good. Um, for nonfiction, we have *Introverted Mom: Your Guide to More Calm, Less Guilt, and Quiet Joy* by <laughs> Jamie C. Martin. This is a new release that I just finished myself, and which both of us, as introverts and mothers, I thought Abby would also enjoy. Yes and sticking with the motherhood theme we have like a mother a feminist journey through the science and culture of pregnancy by angela garbas which i don't want anyone to be put off by the title or the subtitle feminist in case you don't relate to that label but it is very very well written angela is a journalist and she does a really great job of finding excellent sources and digging into lots of topics about maternal health and Um, the ways that you bond with your baby and the ways that your body changes to support a baby that just are not commonly known or commonly addressed in the medical community. And I think it's a surprisingly easy read and just a really, really fascinating book that is informative for anyone who has had a child or who wants to better understand
0: someone who is currently pregnant or going through that experience. And I'm really excited to dive into that one for my second pregnancy this time around. So thank you. Yes, you're welcome. These are are great book selections. And now we just need another creative retreat where we can sit and read them all. I know we need like a separate reading (laughs) retreat. Yes. Um, Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, that would be great. Um, So yeah, that's been our creative retreat. And it was really fun. And we definitely want to do it again when the stars align and our lives allow us to, um, keeping in mind like another new baby on the way for, for the chasing creative podcast crew. Um, we're adding to the, yes, the production we are. staff. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, that's it. If you guys have any questions, um, definitely email them to us or ask us on Instagram. We would love to tell you more if we didn't cover it already or if you have questions about starting up your own creative treat. But otherwise. We will be back in your podcast app in September with the first episode of season six. Yeah. See you then.
1: Thanks for listening to the Chasing Creative Podcast. If you like what you heard in this episode, be sure to stop by ChasingCreative.com to check out the show notes, catch
0: up on past episodes and subscribe to the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you'd leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also join in the creative conversation by tweeting to us at Abigail E. Kriebs or at Brooks Editorial or by using the hashtag Chasing Creative on Twitter and Instagram. If you have any feedback for us, drop us a line at chasingcreativepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go chase your creative.